0: This is Eric Malinowski for the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Playoff football in December in Hamilton? What? That is exactly what we are going to be talking about during today's Colgate Raider Report podcast. I'm also going to be talking women's basketball as well, but first up, Is Colgate head football coach Dan Hunt. First of all, coach, before we get into the football portion of the interview, which is going to be 99% of it, how was your Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, it was great. It was great. Uh, You know, we, uh, it was interesting having the bye. We were able to, uh, we practiced Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, let the players uh, that could go home on Wednesday for Thanksgiving. And then we had about a dozen kids who were still here, so we had Thanksgiving. Uh, together down at the Colgate Inn, uh, had a good meal there, uh, and then I was able to actually me and my family were able to go see uh, go to see my family. We only you know, grew up a little over an hour away. See them for a little bit Thursday night, and then come back. And Friday we were able to uh, hang out with the players a little bit, and uh, they played some Mario Kart. And we went and went and saw. Went and saw Creed Two Friday night and then uh, got back to work Sunday. So it was great.
0: And for the players that did get to go home, Coach, how thankful were they that you allowed them to do that?
1: Oh, I think I, I think they were very happy about it. And, and and you know, some of these kids have been here since May, you know, and, and it was their first opportunity to get home for an extended period of time and uh you know, get some of mom's cooking and and, and take care of that and, and you know, kind of come back refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to go and, and so I think they really appreciated it and I know their families did too.
0: Is it tough to stop and start again this late in the season or is rest rest and it's good at any time
1: i'm gonna go with the second one there hopefully uh you know it, it, it's an interesting year this is our third buy um, so uh, you know we, we've got some experience with it i think that at this point of the year the, the chance to get healthy and and go into you know obviously the biggest game um, as, as as full strength as we can be is going to be worth any rust that we have, you know. So uh, I, I certainly I'm very happy that uh, that we were able to to, to get the buy and take advantage of it last week.
0: Was your Sunday schedule the same as it was during the regular season, or was this a little bit of an early jump for you guys?
1: Yeah, no, we used it as an early jump. Um, you know, once we knew who we were playing, uh, we got to work on them uh, Saturday and early Sunday. And we were able to have a, a true practice on Sunday. That's one of the advantages of the fact that Colgate was on break was it gives you that day. We don't have to give them that day off. And uh, so we were able to actually practice Sunday. Um, so basically we're a day ahead this week, which is nice. So we'll we'll steal an extra practice of preparation, um, you know, and, and we're able to get, you know, like I said, get one extra practice in specific to James Madison. The first three days of the bi-week, uh, we, we did a lot of technique work and then practiced uh, a little bit against what either team showed us. So now, uh, you know, because we knew who we were getting and able to get Sunday in, we have one extra day of of specific to James Madison.
0: Josh Sarah, Grant Brennan and Dylan Diolius, all named to the Patriot League academic All league team. Three Raiders on one team matches Colgate's previous best showing back in two thousand and fourteen. That must make the head coach very proud,
1: yeah, um, extremely proud and and um you know one of the things that we try to try to preach here is is, you know, if you're good at something, you're good. And what we mean is, you know, you can't just come here and be a great football player. You know, you gotta come here, you gotta be a great football player. You got to be a great student. You got to be a great citizen, and this team has lived up to that. Our, our, you know, obviously, it's great for those three to be recognized. And, and what I like is they're three very significant contributors to our team. But you know, as as a team, we have been getting, um, you know, our team GPA has gone up just about every year. Um, you know, and, and that's what we're here for. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, these kids are here to get a great education, and and it's our job to make sure that they're taking full advantage of it and and giving themselves every opportunity to be successful. So, uh, you know, anytime you can get – that's a small team. I think there's only 15 kids on that whole team. So to get three, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really proud of all three of those kids.
0: You have it tuned to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. You were named the Dick Biddle Patriot League Coach of the Year. Congratulations, Coach. And, boy, that award has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was really – you
1: know, I was really happy um, when they decided to do that. It, it, we, we talked about it. Uh, at the league level a little bit last year you know I was something that when it was brought up to me I thought it was a great idea and it looked like we were going to have to wait till next year to get it done but the ADs and the Patriot League and the Presidents in the Patriot League all moved really quickly to allow us to do it this year and I, I, I think it's absolutely fitting uh, you know I, and you know I mean Coach Biddle was a coach's coach uh, you know he, and, and especially in the Patriot League no one's won more games than him um, you know so it's very fitting that the award be named after him and I'm so grateful that, that the first time they did it I was able to, to to kind of put my name with his. Um, you know, I think that's something kind of special, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget that.
0: James Howland, Jr. earned league offensive player of the year honors. Coach, so much attention has been given to the defense, and rightfully so. But in that, it's kind of lost what kind of season James Holland Jr. has had.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and when I look back at the season, I mean, we we were averaging over thirty points a game, which you know that's not bad either. You know, and I'm glad that he got recognized. I mean, he was hands down, I thought, um, the best offensive player in, in the conference, and you know, really. Uh, showed in you know, and even you look at statistics, he got a thousand yards all this stuff, and he didn't play in a lot of the fourth quarters of our games this year, so uh you know when the game's on the line when when the yards really count, he's he's as good as we've ever had. I think he showed that against Army, um, and it's good to see that the you know the other people only recognize that. And I'm I, you know I'm, I'm just really happy for him.
0: And with such a dominant defense, how can somebody from the Raiders win the Patriot League Defensive Player of the Year award? It went to T.J. Hall, coach. I think what's
1: great and what makes this defense so great is there's three or four names that could have been read for that award, and, and everyone in been like yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, obviously T.J. won it. His number are incredible. He's the best defensive player we've had in a long time, but I think if you had said Nick Wheeler won it or Alec Wineski won it or even uh, Ty Castillo won it, everyone would say, yeah, that makes sense, And, and I think that that's the sign of a great defense, and um, you know it's just it's just nice uh, when you can do that. And obviously, T.J. He is you know when you really break it down, he is the heart and soul of that defense. Um, he's the leader. He's the emotional leader. Um, you know, and he's just everywhere. And uh, so for him to get that, uh, another kid, I, you know, I'm just so happy for him. He's he's been a great teammate this whole time here. He came here as a quarterback. Uh, voluntarily changed positions and, and really blossomed into one of the best linebackers we've ever had.
0: Colgate landed 13 student athletes for 14 positions on the All Patriot League first team, with five more chalking up second team honors. Overall, happy with this, coach? Yeah,
1: as a coach, y- you want to see all of your kids. I thought that um, you know, particularly Dylan Dooleus and Ben Hunt probably could have been recognized too. But uh, you're always going to have situations like that but uh you know we're not allowed to vote for our own players so uh I, I had to leave that up to everybody else but yeah it's nice to see the numbers that high as they should be you know i think both sides of the ball Proved that you know they were the best unit on that perspective side of the ball in the Patriot League, and, and the numbers kind of bear it out. And um, you know, I'm really happy for Nick Alvarez who got the special teams player um, not on the first team. Uh, it's good to see that award happen, and it's good to see the right guy get it. He's been he's been unbelievable on special teams this year, so I was really happy for that too.
0: It's one thing to be recognized by your own league coach, but how special is it to get national attention as yourself, James Holland, and Nick Wheeler? All named finalists for the 2018 Stats FCS Legacy Awards. It's
1: always an honor when you get out of your own pond and and people start to realize you at, at a higher level and at a, at a bigger level. For me, that's great, but I, I'm more happy for for the players. You know, I'm hoping that uh, they can they can keep as they dwindle down the numbers. I hope they stay on those lists, and uh, you know, it's it's just always great to see our players get recognized at that level.
0: I know it's all about winning the game today, Coach. But one thing lost in the quest to advance is how much of an accomplishment it is for a team out of the Patriot League to host the game and get a bye the only way this happens is through a season of dominance coach and then you aren't even guaranteed a buy in a home game
1: we were sweating it out with everybody else last Sunday um, you know we had no idea if we were in in this situation or not obviously as the 8th seed we're the last seeded team and uh, you know there will be people who agree and people who disagree with that I just think that you're right It's happened in 2003 and I think Lehigh hosted once in the second round, and that's it. And, and in '03, 3 they didn't have the buys. So this is the first time for us. And um, I think, again, it's another thing that rewards the type of season we had. And, and, again, it's just good to see that people recognize that.
0: I know it was a loss. You're only of the regular season, Coach. But how important was the showing you had against Army West Point to helping Colgate acquire this buy?
1: Oh, I think it turned out to be huge. Um, you know, I know that the discussion was going on through that game as far as what they were going to do with us. And, um, the fact that we, you know, really had a chance to win it. You know, it was a one score game. We needed one stop um that unfortunately we weren't able to get. But I do think that, you know, we held them to their lowest total. We uh you know, we were able to run the ball against them and uh and really played a quality football game against a team that is now a, a ranked team in the FBS. I think that went a long way. You know, I think it also
0: helps us in you know, that's basically the quality of teams we're going to face the rest of the way in. How has Crown Field at Andy Kerr Stadium been to you guys? Is it a surprise that you're still out there? I mean, December football in Hamilton is about as rare as it comes.
1: Yeah, we, we set a goal. You know, it's funny, in the off season. you know, you set individual goals with your players, and we set some team goals, and our team goal was to be playing in December, so uh, we reached that. We just have to now adjust it to keep going. It's kind of lonely. We're the only team out there uh, still practicing outside. But uh, like you said, if you're if you're still playing at this point, you've had a good year. And uh, you know our kids are are battling through the the unpredictable upstate New York weather. And some days it's it's nice. We've had a lot of rain, and now we've got a lot of snow. But uh, they've never complained, and and they're out there on a mission. So uh, it, it's really special to get a to get a home game this late in the playoffs here. And um, you know I know Colgate's doing it right, and it's going to be a fun day.
0: A familiar playoff foe in James Madison. Colgate saw them back in 2015. Since then, they have a new head coach and won a national title. How different do they look than that team you saw three years ago? They look different.
1: You know, Offensively, they're very similar to what they were then. Uh, very explosive, uh, very talented, great skill players. They have a really good quarterback who fits their system. To me, the biggest difference between uh, this James Madison team in 2015 is, is their defense. You could tell they made a huge commitment to being a defensive football team, which they've done and done well. And they're a lot like us. You know, they they want to run the football, they want to stop the run, and they want to create explosive plays. So um, that's the me, the biggest difference between it. They're they're still a, they were a very talented team that year, and they're a very talented team this year. Um, they're just playing much better defense, and and they've got a national championship ring to show for it. So you know, we know this is a, a great challenge, but also a great opportunity.
0: Even though you're a home and this is a team that should be in the playoffs before, I'm not sure how much the world outside of Hamilton believes in Colgate. So when the team takes the field Saturday, Coach, do you think there will be that maroon and white chip on the players' shoulders?
1: No doubt. No doubt. You know, I think one of the things that's happened – uh, in the world we live in, you know, with social media and the access to knowing what else, really what anyone's thinking is, you know, these kids have heard and read a lot how how we didn't deserve this, we didn't deserve the home game. Uh, you know, these people say things about our schedule and, and James Madison and how they're they're going to beat us and they're going to prove a point and all this stuff. And and all that does is you're exactly right. It puts a chip on our kid's shoulder. Uh, they haven't backed down from a fight all year. And, and they're not going to back down from this. And, and, you know, we know James Madison is a great football team, uh, but we think we got a pretty darn good football team too. So we're just excited to go out. Every week we make the same goal. Just go out and compete. Compete as hard as you can and let the chips fall where they may. And, um, you know, so I think that, uh, you know, there will be, there'll be 64 guys taking the field for Colgate on Saturday that believe they're going to win the game.
0: How important is it to get that crowd involved? A good showing at Andy Kerr Stadium this Saturday. Hopefully everyone comes out and supports the Raiders, Coach.
1: Yeah, it'd be great. You know, we've heard from a lot of alumni. I know a lot of alumni are coming back. Uh, The town is usually great to us. Uh, You know, it's been exciting. There's There's a nice buzz There's a buzz on campus. There's a buzz in the town, and uh, you know it'd be great. You know, I I think back to the Lafayette game was one of the bigger crowds we've had for any football game, and and now you had the playoff atmosphere, and you know, hopefully the the students will be involved and into it. uh, You know, just hopefully it'd be a fun home field advantage
0: for us. Coach, as always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Best of luck in the playoffs against James Madison. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That is Colgate head football coach Dan Hunt talking playoff football on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. The Colgate Raider Report. I'm now joined by TJ Hall, star linebacker for the Colgate Raiders football team. First of all, TJ, before we talk football, how was your Thanksgiving?
2: It was good. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, you know, got to see family and, you know, with the body, got to go home for a few days. So it was really nice to just catch up with the family and uh, eat some good food and relax for a few days.
0: What was last week like, TJ? You had some practice, then you had some time off. Were you able to put football in the rearview mirror at all or that's just never going to happen? Three
2: practices and then we got to leave Wednesday if we were able to to get home for Thanksgiving and um, you know, Thanksgiving with with all the food and family, you know, we obviously got a lot of football on TV to watch and so basically I went home and I had my brothers and was watching football the whole time and then got to watch the uh um J&E versus Delaware game just to get some early, um, you know, intel on what they were doing and, you know, see obviously who we were going to play, but obviously get a little, um, you know, first-hand scouting going, being able to watch that game. And it was nice, you know, being able to watch it at home with my family, but uh, football was never on the back burner, I wouldn't say. I think uh, it was still very fresh in my mind. I couldn't wait to get back and start prepping for who we got this week.
0: Yeah, and you guys got back to work when, TJ? Sunday?
2: Yeah, Sunday we uh, reported back. We had a practice um, at 445.
0: What was your initial impression when you watched the JMU-Delaware game? What was your thoughts?
2: Uh, You know, I knew that um, Delaware had had some issues with uh, health at the quarterback position. It was their third or fourth guy. Um, So I knew their offense was a little limited. Um, But, uh, you know, Delaware was more of an old-school you know, power running team type of team and James Madison, you know, loves to run the ball as well about sixty four you run the pass, but they're more of a uh, you know, modern day offense where they run a lot of zone read option and they run a lot of RPOs and they like to you know, get the ball outside a lot and get the ball downfield to the passing game. So a little different both sides both teams have great defenses, both teams are solid on special teams. So very similar but their offenses were just a little bit different. I thought James Madison was gonna, you know, be able to get the win and move on. Does
0: it help, TJ, at all that you have two wins against CAA teams under your belt in the regular season? Since you've been here, TJ, you only usually see one CAA team during the regular season. So some extra exposure this year to the Colonial, do you think that helps at all?
2: I guess you could look at it that way, yeah. It's definitely a little bit of a help just being able for guys that haven't been here, and guys that are, you know, first-year starters or first-year guys on special teams, stuff like that, to just be able to have – kind of a bar where it's sets as far as speed and athleticism go because obviously, you know, with with some of the teams we play from the CAA, there's, they're faster than the guys we play at Lafayette and they're more explosive, stuff like that. So I guess it's good, you know, for the younger guys especially to be able to get a little uh, bit of a early, you know, since it's, our goal is obviously every year to make the playoffs, so. Um, and most of the time we'll face teams, uh, you know, of this caliber. So um, it's good for them to be able to get accustomed to that before the playoffs start.
0: Going into this matchup, TJ, with all the shutouts this year, all the impressive numbers the D has put up this season and the way the offense is playing right now, do you think Colgate is given the respect they deserve?
2: You know, uh, I think that uh, that's an interesting question, but I think that, yeah, uh, we have the respect that we deserve in, in the in the you know the minds of the, the people that we care about. You know, um, I think that obviously there's when you play a team with a, more of a national following like James Madison, you know, there's going to be people on social media and people that have never seen us play that you know just look at different kinds of numbers and different kinds of statistics and try to you know put some kind of downer on our uh, what we've done this year, and that's always going to happen. But you know, in the eyes of the people that um, you know, care about us most and the people that we do it for, I think they respect us and, you know, that's what we strive for every week. And um, I don't think the, the rest of the national media and, you know, JMU's fan base has as much of an effect on
0: us. But does that drive you guys at all? Is that a motivating factor?
2: Uh, you know, a little bit, yeah. I mean, if you know, I, I talked to the guys this week, you know, just – you know, when we're just hanging out and we're in the locker room, and I just remind or I, I sent, you know, in our group chat, just pictures of some tweets and some, some things from different people just as that extra little bit. I don't think in any way, shape, or form that's, that we need that necessarily, but, you know, just a little extra kick in the butt just to say this is what some people think about you. You know, you got to prove them wrong.
0: You were a youngster back in 2015 for the last playoff game against JMU. What do you remember about that win?
2: I remember it was a cool, very cool atmosphere, um, you know, we were not supposed to win that game. We were underdogs, and uh, we, you know, we had a lot of guys, a lot of upperclassmen similar to this year that knew what it would take and had been there before, and they did a great job in all facets of that game. You know, um, we were able to get the win in, in that environment, and uh, you know, get another our second consecutive CAA win and move on to the quarterfinals. So it was very special in my memory.
0: What was your reaction, TJ, when it was announced you were Defensive Player of the Year for the Patriot League?
2: I was very humbled. Um, i was very honored. You know, um obviously, uh, as a player growing up and you know coming in coming into playing Division one football, you have certain individual goals, certain team goals. Um, and I mean, to be able to accomplish that individual goal and also uh, be able to do my part in helping this team you know win um, win games and get to the point where we're at now, you know accomplishing our team goals. You know, all all that coming together is really humbling, and it's a very cool thing to take in. You know, I was seeing those teams. I was a little shocked that, you know, Dylan Deolias would have my vote for a defense player of the year and he wasn't on one of those lists. And, you know, guys like Ben Hunt and John Steffen and Caleb Fell, you know, our our whole defense did such a great job this year that it really, you know, it's it's an award for our whole defense. But, you know, to see, um, you know, my name in there with Defensive Player of the Year with such a legacy that that award has in this conference. It was pretty humbling experience.
0: Is it hard at all to shut it down for a week and get it going again this late in the year, or rest is rest and it's always a good thing?
2: Um, a little bit of both. I mean, it's hard. Like I said before, I think it's harder for the younger guys that haven't been around, that, have, that haven't had these kind of experiences, you know, to, to kind of shut it off and turn it back on. But I think especially for... Older guys and veterans, um, you know that it may be a little banged up. The rest is really good, and and there's no worry at all that, you know, they'll stop thinking about football and you know get off track. Decision making, decisions wise. So I think it's a little bit of both.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Dylan. I was absolutely shocked when I didn't see him on one of the teams. He has made such an impact this year. But I did talk to Dylan right before Halloween, TJ, and he said he had to check in with you and see if you guys were doing anything for Halloween. So I'm just wondering. Did you guys dress up? Did you have a costume this year, TJ?
2: I did. I, I went as a, a farmer, actually, but Dylan went the complete opposite direction. He went as a cheerleader, so a little bit different, but we both we both got some costumes going.
0: And great to see the diehard loyalty always from you. I look up at one point during the women's game Sunday, and I see you and Jacob Asarco. Colgate loyalty through and through, huh, TJ?
2: Yeah, you know, um... I like to support the fellow athletes here. We have a lot in common, and we, you know, we all share the same struggles. And and you know, it's really nice to be able to support them when we
0: have free time. Not your favorite movie of all time, but do you have a favorite Colgate bus movie? On some of those long road trips through the years, you can watch quite a few movies on that Colgate bus, TJ. So, saying that, do you have a fondest Colgate bus movie experience?
2: It'd be a toss-up. It'd be the Shawshank Redemption because. One, it's one of the best movies ever made, and two because it's so long that takes up so much of the trip. Um, so to, it's a, you know, yeah, kills two birds with one stone. But uh, uh, my favorite movie ever is Remember the Titans. So that's always a great one to watch on the bus, especially when you're going to a game, something like that.
0: Well, we all know about the mullets, and now I know some players have been developing some distinct facial hair looks recently. Who has the best right now as far as facial hair is concerned on the team, TJ?
2: Facial hair right now, I think I'd have to give it to Nick Martinson or John Stefan, they've both got some uh, stone-cold goatee styles going, so I'd have to give it to one of them.
0: TJ, always entertaining and informative to talk to you. Thank you so much. Best of luck against James Madison.
2: Thank you very much.
0: That is the Patriot League Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Hall. Now we're going to turn our attention from defense to offense on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. My pleasure to be talking to one of the stars of the Colgate football team, James Holland Jr. James, December football at Andy Kerr Stadium, you have to like how that sounds.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great opportunity for our team and something that, you know, hasn't been done here in 15 years. So we're happy to be a part of that history and um, we're hoping to, to make the, the fans proud and get a
0: win and it's been a little bit since a Colgate player has taken home the Patriot League Offensive Player of the Year award James you did it congratulations how did that feel
3: um that was actually one of my my personal goals that I I set forward for myself this year um and it's, it's just a blessing to see that come into fruition um but like I like I've been saying all year the, the offensive line has just been doing a phenomenal job and um you know our, our quarterbacks as well as making the reads and our tight ends making the blocks as well as the receivers blocking for me so everyone's just bought in this year and um, we've been phenomenal and we're just hoping to keep that rolling
0: and that overall success has also helped you become a finalist for the Walter Payton award as offensive player of the year that's quite an honor James
3: yeah absolutely oh uh, that that's a blessing I I never really even thought of being a finalist for that that wasn't something that I I set out to be but um, I'm just gonna talk about how our offensive line has just, you know, done such a great job and um our coaches have believed in me as well as as everyone just buying in. But um at the end of the day our goal is to win a win a championship and win this game uh, this Saturday. So that's really what I'm focused on right now. Winning the Walter Crane would be would be a cool honor, but I'm really just focused on getting these team victories.
0: Dan Hunt up for National Coach of the Year as well. What is he like playing for James? He's phenomenal. Um, I knew uh, since my uh, my when I was in high school when when Coach
3: was recruiting me that this is this is someone who I would love to play for. You know, he went into my home. He called me. And um, I, was just, I was just sold on everything that he had to offer about Colgate. And my, my family believed in him. And that was, that was just something that was big for me. He, he just seemed genuine about everything that he was preaching. And, you know, uh, it's not a surprise to me that he's up for that, that award. And I don't think there's anyone more deserving of it.
0: Is there a different emotion, James, surrounding this game, knowing the stakes? If you lose, you will never play another game for Colgate again. Or is this something you won't allow yourself to think about?
3: Well, our team approaches every game like it's a must-win game, and that's kind of just the attitude that we have, just being in the Patriot League with, with how things turn out. If you do lose a Patriot League game, um, it's win or go home. So pretty much every game we've played has been a, a win or go home thing for us with the with the championship on the line. But, um, you know, I, I don't think anyone's really really doubting, doubting our, our abilities to win this game or the chances of us winning this game. We're just approaching it as every other week that we've had, but um, – we we've been we've been really putting in the preparation and having that buy was a big big thing for us. But um, we're all confident about you know what can happen this weekend at
0: Hamilton. So following up on your last statement that you try to treat every game the same, do you feel that intensity is different in the playoffs? I mean, you got a good taste of the playoffs in 2015, or since you guys have that mindset during the regular season that every game is a championship game, is the intensity the same or? at the end of the day, it's hard to say there's not a little bit of a difference.
3: Um, we, we understand that the errors, the, the mental errors are, are limited in, uh, in the playoffs. You know, those, those small things like fumbles, interceptions, misses time, and, uh, those things really matter more in the playoffs because the competition is, is pretty much the same. Everyone's on an equal, equal talent level, and it's, it's really about who messes up first and uh, who gives the game away. So that's, that's definitely one thing that we're focusing on is, limiting penalties, limiting turnovers, and just saying fundamentally sound. Um, so that that would be one thing that, you know, is different about the playoffs, but, you know, we're, we're just approaching it like every other week, other week and um, we are just focused on ourselves and the rest should take care of itself.
0: How much of a statement was it, James, with maybe some people out there doubting Colgate's schedule that despite the loss that you guys played that physical against Army West Point, case in point, there was new ski hit, and then on offense, the offensive line was very physical and you ran the heck out of the ball and you guys did this against one of the most physical teams in the FBS. How much of a statement was that?
3: That was just a statement, uh just to say that we could play with anybody. Um we, we walked away from that game feeling like we, we could have won it. Uh we shot ourselves in the foot with, with a lot of those errors that we said that we can't have um this weekend, um with penalties, holdings, um small things like that. And um, you know, it was it was good to to come out of that game, uh feeling like we, we're the ones that, you know, beat ourselves uh, going against a, going against an opponent like, like Army. But, um, yeah, we, we just watched film. We moved on from it, and we're looking uh, to the challenge of JMU this weekend.
0: How much do you remember from the 2015 JMU game when you ran wild against the Dukes for 167, and, of course, the team recorded the upset?
3: I just remember the, their fans just being in shock after the game. There was nothing better than, you know, winning on their home turf having like 7% chance of winning and all those statistics and then pulling a pulling an upset, you know, uh, we, we feel like, you know, this is something that this weekend we're also going to be the underdogs and I'm um, going to be overshadowed, but, um, it was, it was a great feeling, great opportunity. And, um, we're just hoping for another similar outcome this weekend.
0: Do you remember it all the 63 yard touchdown run? Can you explain that for the listeners at all?
3: Yeah. The best that I can remember it remember it as, uh, they had four down linemen, and they blitzed their two, uh, their two line, middle linebackers. Uh, I think Max got up to the second level, uh, kicked out one of their linebackers. I, I pressed my gap. They tight uh, to my, uh, my offensive lineman, and then I just had to make the safety miss. And then it was a foot race from there.
0: I was looking at the James Masson roster, and I noticed one of the stars on defense, Jimmy Moreland, hailing from Royal Palm Beach, Florida. Do you know Jimmy?
3: Yeah, I know of him. Uh, you know, I, I never really got to talk to him, but uh, I played against him in seven on seven, um, and I, I believe my my junior senior year of high school, as well as playing against their team, playing against their team uh, for a spring game. I played with his cousin uh, in youth football, and uh, he was a playmaker there, and he, he's just been doing a great job for j and um, he's something someone that we've highlighted. You know. Um, he's very talented. So,
0: did you see the Chris Carson attempted hurdle yesterday, which turned into a <laughs> twisted flip? And uh, since you are a fellow tailback, is that as insane as it looked, James?
3: Yeah, uh, we actually have a running back group chat, and uh, Alex Matthews sent that in there. We we talk about hurdling someone when we begin. We're always saying we should we should uh, hurdle someone, but we haven't gotten like, haven't taken a chance to do that yet. But that was. Definitely something that was very impressive. Um, we were just wondering if that's something that we could stick the land in like that. But um, yeah, that was very impressive and it took a lot of athleticism to do that.
0: Yeah, hard to hurdle a six foot one guy like Eric Reed. <laughs> uh, were you able yeah. to get away for Thanksgiving at all, James?
3: Yes, I did. Um, I actually headed back home to, to Palm Beach and it was nice just spending time with family and friends, um, getting away from the cold weather for a little bit. But uh, it's great to be back and just practicing and, and getting better with my teammates. though. but definitely going back to Florida for the Thanksgiving break was was beautiful. It was nice being back home.
0: James, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much and best of luck against the James Madison Dukes. Thank you. I appreciate it. That is James Holland Jr. on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Now we're talking Colgate women's basketball on the Colgate Raider Report. This is Eric Malinowski. Very glad to be talking to Colgate women's head basketball coach Bill Cleary. Coach, coming off a big win against Columbia, which was Colgate's second in a row, how's the mood of the team right now?
4: Obviously, very, very good, very strong, you know, and I think even more confident. You know, I think this was a confident group um, after we played Dayton and George Mason, even though we had lost those games, but I think they they realized that they had accomplished more. Then after playing Canisius and Columbia, they're they're really getting a, a sense of, Obviously, what we're trying to do here, but uh, more importantly, that it's more about them. Um, I think in in the years past, I think they were hoping for the systems to kind of bail them out of things. But I think they're realizing now, it's the other way around, that they're going to bail out um, the plays in terms of what we're trying to do.
0: And I know a win is a win, Coach, but there has to even be more confidence behind the team considering... That you guys didn't eke out a couple of wins at home. They were both double-digit victories.
4: You know, the Canisius game, we really, from the start to probably about the last five minutes of that game, we really instilled our will in them. I thought the last five minutes, if you want to be honest opinion, I think we did a poor job of closing that game out. And then you get to the Columbia game and... You know, obviously basketball is a game of runs, and that game epitomized that in many ways. And we had the final run in that fourth quarter, and I thought we, uh, we kind of really instilled our will in that fourth quarter. So, you know, we, we, we did what we wanted to do game um, prep-wise, execution-wise in, uh, in both games, and it was great to see us um, uh, get to victory in, in the process.
0: 24 points, 19 rebounds, 9 assists compared to one turnover and five steals. That's a stat line put up by Rachel Thompson coach that's hard for me to wrap my head around how good that is.
4: There's a couple couple factors to play here with with Rachel. I think number one, obviously she is a tremendous basketball player. There's no there's no doubt about that. But I think you take also the fact that she lost a year and I think that's what ha- when when you when the year is taken from you like it was for her you have more of an appreciation of, of the game and you have more respect of the game. And, you know, in that year, in, in that time off, she saw some things that she had to improve herself. Um, and she, she worked on those things, uh, especially when she got back. And, and here, here's a, a, a young player that's determined to accomplish the goals that her and I have talked about since we first got here, and she's done um, everything we've asked her to do and then some. So I think you see a, a great player who always loved the game, but I think has a really even more of a newfound love for the game, and that could be dangerous for opposing teams, I think. Summer
0: also spectacular. 20 points hit the only three she took and five for five from the line. Talk about Summer King's performance, Coach.
4: Nah, I mean, I think, you know, we had talked with Summer before uh, the Columbia game. We, we felt she was kind of pressing um, you know, I think she wanted things to happen, and we told her just let it happen, as opposed to forcing or or making it happen. Plus, let's be honest, she was out of foul trouble in that game. You know, so she was able to be in the game longer. You know, in the Dayton game, in the George Mason game, and, and even to an extent in the Canisius game that she she was in foul trouble. So um, she was able to to play without you know with, with freedom because she, she played a smarter defensive game. And then in in the same bout, you know, again, I think she she allowed the game to happen as opposed to forcing it.
0: What a lift Haley Greer was in the Columbia game. Nine points, three for three from three land and five rebounds, coach.
4: It was funny. We were watching film of the game uh, the other day, Haley and I, and, you know, she was like, oh, that was a a lucky three or a gutsy three. And I said, no. I said, you know, I think one of the things that we as a staff did last year that I think kind of was a disservice to our players was, we we're trying to teach them, well, this is a good shot, this is a bad shot. And, and with our players, I think <clears throat> the only thing they're hearing when it's done, well, this is a bad shot, this is a bad shot. You know what I mean? And, you know, we, we set a staff when we watched film this summer, it's like, listen, we're going to, you know, we, we play a lot like the men's team at Villanova. We're going to live and die by the three. And as long as they're not taking a, a three with three players on them, you know, that's a good shot. And instead of having Haley Greer thinking whether or not this is a good shot or a bad shot, she's thinking this is an open shot and she's making them, and she's making a lot of them. So <clears throat> for us, um, we were very happy for her. Uh, you know, we don't want our players overthinking, and I think that's what they, you know, um, not intentionally on our part as a staff last year, but I think that's what they were doing. And, and I think this year, hopefully, everyone's seeing that we're seeing a more confident, more freestyle, and more confident young women out there offensively.
0: Another solid free throw performance, 18 out of 23 on the last pregame show you mentioned. One of the methods the team is using to improve their free throw shooting coach, I thought it was very interesting. So if you could elaborate on that for the Raider Report podcast.
4: No, again, uh, uh, Dr. Moore, uh, Bill Moore, uh, Nikki Moore's husband, is a sports psychiatrist. So we kind of been utilizing him. I think a lot for us as a staff, I can speak to myself. Uh, he's been great in trying to get me to understand my players better. When we were talking about foul shooting, he said, watching you in the Dayton game, there's times when the kids are going to, the, or the players are going to the foul line and you were coaching them on what to do. And he's like, why don't you just not say anything? He's like, because what they're doing is when they get to the foul line, they're thinking of the last thing that you just said. So they're not thinking about just going up there and doing their routine. They're just thinking about the last thing you said. So what we do now is uh, Bill said, listen, tell them to kind of talk out their routine. So if, if they take three dribbles, spin the ball, you know, and then shoot it, it's dribble, 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 spin, target, shot. And that way what you're doing is you're trying to deflect the, you know, what you're doing in a sense. You're not thinking about necessarily the foul shot you're just thinking about your routine and that's what you want to be and you're always comfortable in your routine and um it's been great advice and can't argue with the results can you
0: absolutely not coach columbia turned the ball over 18 times but you made the most of those turnovers scoring 28 points it's one thing when the opposition turns the ball over but if you don't do anything with it coach then it doesn't really matter too much in the grand scheme of things so saying that what was the reason behind colgate able to put up 28 points off the 18 turnovers
4: One of the things we've talked about with our players again last year was I thought we were a very poor offensive transition team. And we don't want to be. We want to get out. We want to run. And in fairness to our players, I feel I needed to do a better job of breaking it down and saying, okay, this is what we want to do. This is how it needs to be done. Show them what the options that they have available to them in certain situations and then trust them in those situations to make the right decision. And so our transition offense is day and night. Uh, compared to last year, and it's because our players have done a great job of, you know, they watch film on their own. You know, they'll go in and they'll see what has worked for them in the transition part and what hasn't, and and they know what we're trying to do and what we want to do in that transition, and it's fun. It's fun watching them get out. They're playing the way we want our transition to be played, and, you know, they share the ball so well, they're so unselfish, and they're making the right reads. so uh, uh, kudos to them for Putting in that extra time, whether it's watching film or even, uh, honestly, they've been getting in the gym on their own and working on some things. So um, just a more bought-in team this year and understanding what is expected of them.
0: We always want to see as many Colgate women's basketball games as possible at Cotterell Court, Coach, saying that. Any update as far as the Cornell game that was postponed in mid-November, that game going to sneak back on the schedule, or it's not looking that way, or you're not sure?
4: Probably not sure. Uh, We're hoping, obviously, that we do uh, sneak it in, but right now, we're working on a date. Um, I don't want to say anything because we don't know how um, whether it's going to come to fruition or not, so... Right now, let's just say it's a work in progress and, and we're hoping that uh, both sides can come to an agreement.
0: I'm hoping as well. would love another game at Cotterell Court. I know as a Division One basketball coach, you have an insane schedule, but saying that, are you going to be around it all Saturday for the Colgate JMU football game, coach?
4: Without question. Whenever you're able to be around for an NCAA uh, playoff game, especially at home, you want to take advantage of that. And Coach Hunt has done, an, obviously, a fantastic job with that program. And, you know, they're a program, honestly, that we aspire to be like. You know, when you watch them play football, they have fun. There's just such a passion and an energy that they play with and a love of the game that, you know, you don't see every Saturday. Uh, even on TV with those bigger games. It's one of those things where we, you know, we've told our players, watch how they play, look how they play. and you know, Obviously, we have a lot of players that are friends with the, the, the football players, and it's like what we did last year. I'll be honest, we, we asked the women's ice hockey team to talk to our team. You know, we're, we're trying to steal as many ideas as we can from a lot of these great programs that we have here, and we definitely gonna make that time to make sure we're out there cheering on uh, the football team.
0: We are taping this podcast on Wednesday, and you, of course, have a game coming up against Siena on Thursday. Please give us a preview of this one against the Saints.
4: Uh, they're a very, very good team, very athletic team, very fast team. It's one of those things where I, they're very strong, very similar to Columbia in the sense that they're very strong in transition. we got to make sure we get back and force them to play in that half-court. I feel if we can force them to play in the half-court, they're going to have a tough time struggling. I think, if you remember from the game on Sunday, when Columbia was able to get their points, they got them in transition. You know, So we've got to make sure we, we force uh, Siena to play a half-court game. And then just like Columbia, I, I feel we can take advantage of them on the uh, defensive transition. I think we can get out. I think we can run. I think we can provide easy baskets for ourselves. We can get out there and transition, but they do a good job. They have a matchup zone that they play, so that's going to be good for us because we work against a matchup zone every day of practice. Again, I think they're a well-coached team. I think they're a team that you know has obviously given us fits in the past, and this would be a nice win for our program because I think we've only beaten them a few times. So, you know, especially getting them there, it'd be a nice, nice victory for for my uh, with her kind of kind of her homecoming. So. We had that in mind to give Milo that win and keep this winning streak going.
0: Coach, you're an absolute natural for the Raider Report podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll be talking a bunch in the near future. Thanks, Coach.
4: Thank you so much, Eric. Appreciate your time.
0: That is Colgate Women's Head Basketball Coach Bill Cleary on the Colgate Raider Report Podcast. You are listening to the Colgate Raider Report Podcast. This is Eric Malinowski. Very glad to be talking women's basketball right now, talking to one of the star players, Rachel Thompson. Before we talk about basketball, Rachel, first of all, how was your Thanksgiving?
5: It was really good. Um, I got to spend time with family for a little bit, and then um, we just came back and started playing.
0: Very quick turnaround, since I believe you had to be back at some point Friday, so saying that, Rachel, could you relax at all, or was basketball still at the forefront of your mind, or was it nice to get away, even though it was only for about 24, 36 hours?
5: Um, We came off of a good win the night before Thanksgiving, and that kind of set us at ease for a little bit, so it gave us time to relax and spend time with family, but um, basketball was... Um, always on my mind on Thanksgiving, and I was just ready to come back and get started and prepare for the next game.
0: 24 points, 19 rebounds, 9 assists compared to 1 turnover, 5 steals against Columbia. I mean, Rachel, is that even real? Did you have any idea you were putting up those types of numbers? I mean, that's just unbelievable.
5: <laughs> um, I had no idea the stats of my game um, while I was playing. I was just playing as hard as possible with um, high intensity, and I just tried to play for my teammates, honestly.
0: How are you such a good rebounder as a guard? Have you always been that way, Rachel? I know at Colgate you've always been a great rebounder, but is that something you were doing even during your high school days? Or just tell us, what kind of skill set do you think you possess that makes you such a good rebounder at only five foot ten?
5: I think I'd have to attribute... Uh, bit of my uh, rebounding skills to my teammates. Them boxing out and the bigs mainly um, boxing their players out allows me to come in and get the rebound and then get our offense going. So I think I really want to get the ball and get it out and me going in for the rebound gets our offense started a little earlier, so that's what kind of pushes me to um, go in and fight for the board.
0: You had an efficient shooting day, 7 out of 11. What is the key for you to shoot at a high percentage?
5: It's mainly just me being relaxed, me finding my shot in the flow of our offense and what we do, no forced shots, and also making sure that I also look for my other teammates because when they're successful shooting, then that opens up myself, and it just... We kind of build off of each other as everyone gets hot on the shooting.
0: You are playing really well early on in this season. What do you attribute the early season success to?
5: I would say the time that we put in over the summer. We all had to be up here for about eight weeks over the summer. And we did a lot of drills, a lot of focus on our defense, which helps us in our offense. I think the offseason was very, very vital to our early season success.
0: You mentioned the defense, but was there one specific aspect of your offensive game, Rachel, that you really honed in on, or were you just looking for overall improvement?
5: Honestly, I think that I just wanted to overall improve. I was coming back from um, my major ACL injury, and I just wanted to make sure that I was back to the way I was, and then once I got there, that I just wanted to build off of that and get better than um, when I started.
0: Yeah, and that injury you alluded to happened December 29th against Holy Cross last year. What was the road back like, Rachel?
5: Uh, It was long, it was tough, and it takes a lot of patience, but time flies and every day you just put in as much work as possible and you just kind of take it step by step, and that's what I did. And I'm happy to be at the position that I am right now.
0: Now, is patience something you possess, Rachel, or was that tough to come by during this injury?
5: Oh, I was not a patient person um, prior to this injury. It actually taught me a lot. It taught me to be patient and to just let things come as they may, but also to put in the time and effort to get the result that you want.
0: To you, Rachel, what was the tougher part of the rehab, mental or physical?
5: I think definitely mental. It's, it's I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's easier. Like just like doing, just getting your legs stronger, you know, getting like your body stronger and able to like come back. But the mental aspect is making sure that you don't live in the past. You have to keep on moving forward. Like you're going to have rough days. You're going to have days and weeks where you don't feel like you're good enough. It's just, you have to make sure that you're having a positive mentality and try and push through those rough days.
0: You made some mention of it with one of the previous questions, Rachel, but when were you really able to get after it? after this injury? When did you feel like you were as close to 100% as you're going to be?
5: Honestly, I still don't uh, feel like I am at my true, like, full capacity right now. I feel like I still have a lot more work to do, and there's a lot for me to improve on as of right now.
0: How do you feel today? Are there any reservations when you take the court?
5: I feel great. Anytime I I take the court, I don't even think about the injury. It's completely fine. That's not weighing me down at all.
0: How did going to Mary Institute and St. Louis Country Day School help prepare you for Colgate, not only for basketball, but for academics?
5: Basketball, we had a, I had a great coach to lead me in like the right direction. And our basketball program definitely grew as I went through high school. It became a lot better in terms of academics it really did prepare me for the um, rigor that is at Colgate. We take great importance to our academics at Mary Institute, and that carried over to my time at Colgate.
0: No stranger to the honor roll here at Colgate. How challenging is it to earn that distinction?
5: Um, uh, Pretty difficult. The academics here are very tough, and it's all about balancing your um, schoolwork and your athletics. And it takes a lot of time, patience, And um, if you balance it out correctly, you'll be able to do it. But it is pretty difficult. But anyone can do it if they, you know, put their minds to it.
0: If you could play another sport at the collegiate level, what would it be? Or you don't even want to think about that because it's basketball all the way.
5: (laughs) I, I honestly, I have no idea. There's, there's always been basketball for me. I played soccer a little bit in like middle school, but basketball was the sport that. I just fell in love with
0: big football game on campus this weekend. Rachel, (laughs) you going to have the chance to brave the cold Hamilton weather and catch some playoff football.
5: Yeah, I think the team is uh, excited to support our football team. Um, The fact that we're hosting a playoff game is huge for this institution and we're really excited to go support our our family.
0: Rachel, absolutely great performance against Columbia. You've looked good all season long. Hopefully it continues. Best of luck the rest of the way, Rachel. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. That is one of the stars of the Colgate women's basketball team, Rachel Thompson, on the Colgate Raider Report podcast.